When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Well, we're both Melbourne and Port Adelaide featuring in separate preliminary finals this weekend. I thought it'd be timely to have a chat with a former player who played matches for both clubs. Matthew Bishop played 18 games for Melbourne in the late 90s before making the move to Port Adelaide, where he became a resolute key defender and formed part of their 2004 Premiership team. And I'm pleased to say that Matthew Bishop joins us on the line. Thanks for your time, Matt. Oh, no problem at all. Thanks for having me. Uh, you were recruited from Box Hill way back. Who did you barrack for growing up uh, in the eastern suburbs of Melbourne there? Yeah, I actually grew up barracking for North Melbourne. So me and my dad used to go every week uh, all around the place to places like Windy Hill and Victoria Park <laughs> and Arden Street. And it was terrific times. It was, uh, yeah, it was a great time to barrack for North Melbourne growing up. So, um, yeah, I had some idols there with guys like Ross Glendinning and Keith Gregg and the Cracker Brothers and... Uh, you know, it was just a great time to go and watch the Rouge play. Just on that, I mean, you probably played it in the era where the AFL was transitioning from being, I guess, a competition where they played at suburban grounds to what we know of today where really they play at state-of-the-art stadiums for the most part. Is there an element, do you think, as a player that you missed in terms of that transition? Do you miss the old suburban grounds in that respect? Oh, I, I didn't really get much of a chance to play at those grounds. I, I played at Princess Park a yep. couple of times, um, but places like Windy Hill and Arden Street, they were they were finished as in regards to being AFL playing grounds at that stage. But uh, no, it was always good just to uh, sit in there out of there and uh, stand up. Actually, I had to stand all the time. But uh, no, probably something I missed out on. But uh, no, the stadiums they got these days are sensational, so can't complain about playing on those fields. Yeah, fair enough, too. Now, ironically, your first game for Melbourne was against your future club, Port Adelaide. What are your memories of your debut game? I think that was a match where Shane Wodham from memory scored one of the goals of the year when he ran from half back and along, it might have been along the uh, corridor there at the MCG and kicked a goal from inside 50. Yeah, you've got a great memory there, mate. It's uh, No, it was a terrific day. It's um, Yeah, I remember it fondly. It's, uh, I remember getting the call up during the week and I was just, yeah, I just so excited to get my first game of AFL footy and forever grateful to the Melbourne Footy Club for giving me that opportunity to play AFL footy. And uh, now that was a terrific day. And it was funny because I think I played 18 games for Melbourne and four of those were against Port. So uh, <laughs> yeah, it was funny how it works out. Yeah, absolutely. What was it like playing under Neil Danaher? 98, I think, was his first year as coach. And it was, a, as you might remember, a big turnaround from the previous year in 97 where they were the Wooden Spooners and they made it basically to a preliminary final in 98 and it was quite unexpected. What are your memories of that year in particular? And also obviously oh. under the Reverend as well. Oh yeah, yeah, he was a fantastic coach Neil and uh, he was obviously my first AFL coach and uh, now he was um, very, very well drilled with what we had to do and the, what the game plan was and uh, now he came in with a plan from the start and uh, he was a terrific coach for the Melbourne Footy Club for a long period of time. So uh, now very grateful to have him um 
as my first AFL coach. Was he a fire and brimstone type of coach or could he be laid back? What was his style and did it develop uh, even in that first season? Oh, he could give a good spray. Don't worry about that. I think they all can. I think it comes with the territory of being a senior coach. But, uh, no, very methodical and uh, very well-structured. And, uh, no, did a good job. But when you needed to have a bit of a cook, he definitely gave you one, that's for sure. Tell us about playing alongside guys like Gary Lyon, I think was in his last couple of years in 98, 99. Jeff Farmer, wasn't he absolutely at his peak at that point? He had a very long career, but 98 was when he really first burst onto the scene in a great style and took one of the marks, if not the mark of the year in 1998. Some of those magical players and even the Ox as well. Tell us about playing with those guys. Yeah, I was pretty lucky when I started to have a really good core group of senior players to learn from. So guys like Gary and Todd Viney and Jimmy Steins and oh, there was heaps of them, the Lovitz, um, guys like Schwarter and Nita, those sort of guys who were just great people to sort of learn from uh, while I'm just sort of trying to apply my craft there. And uh, now I was very lucky to be a part of that side. Um, I was at emergency during that final series I think so I didn't actually get to play in 98 in the final series but uh, no it was very exciting times for the footy club and just like it is at the moment for yeah. them it's a very exciting time for them and playing prelim this week and uh, no looking forward to this weekend it should be terrific yeah absolutely uh, just in terms of the move to Port Adelaide how did that come about at the end of 99 yeah so um, yeah I, I was down at the club um, during that trade period time and you know, the the club approached me and just said, look, they're interested in... I think it was. I think they were trying to get Stephen Powell across from the Bulldogs to strengthen up the midfield a bit. And uh, and uh, there was a sort of a three-way trade going with um, Melbourne, Bulldogs and Port Adelaide. And uh, you know, an opportunity came up to go to Port. And I, I didn't know much about the club, to be honest. I didn't know anyone in Adelaide. And I uh, mm. you know, sat down with uh, Choco Williams and um, the footy manager, Rob Snowden, there. And we had a good chat about it. And... Uh, yeah, it went from there. But, um, yeah, it all happened really quickly. I wasn't expecting it coming in at the end of the 99 season. But um, I'm really glad I did. I had a great time at Port Adelaide. It's a fantastic club. And, uh, yeah, we're fortunate enough to win the flag in 04, which was terrific. That's right. It proved to be a fateful decision, didn't it, in terms of becoming a Premiership player. Just in regards to that transition as well, you mentioned how you didn't know anyone in Adelaide. Did you get homesick at times? Even though Adelaide's not that far away from Melbourne, it's still a different city in a way, isn't it? So was it a difficult transition to move across to Adelaide? Oh, well, it was difficult at first because you're just coming into a new environment and you're trying to get the respect of the group and it's just all totally fresh. But uh, I was a little bit more mature than your usual 18-year-old that comes over and just gets traded to a new club straight out of school. So um, I was pretty lucky there. And at Port Adelaide at the time, we had a lot of... They were relatively new club in the AFL. Mm. Um, I think it was their fourth season when I arrived. So we had a good core group of guys from interstate who all stuck together and were, um, you know, did everything together. So um, it made it really easy to transition over to the Port Adelaide Footy Club. We're speaking with former key defender Matthew Bishop at the Demons and Port Adelaide, both of those clubs featuring in this weekend's preliminary final action in the AFL. What were your first impressions of Mark Williams? You mentioned Choco before. He seems from the outside a guy who who can certainly dish it out as well, but also is very entertaining. He's very entertaining with the press in particular. What were your first impressions <laughs> of Choco? Oh, yeah, he's quite a kooky guy. He's always come up... He always comes up with these questions that are quite left field that you're not really ready for. So um, he keeps you on your toes all the time. But uh, no, he's a terrific guy and it's fantastic to see Chock um, doing really well at the Melbourne Footy Club now. And it's uh, no surprise to me personally just to see how well Melbourne's doing now. I think when 
Chock went to Richmond. They went really well for that period of time, and now he's gone to Melbourne, and they're doing really well again. So uh, now wherever he goes, he's doing well. So good on him, and he's a terrific guy, and he, the care he has for his players and his uh, their families and all that sort of stuff, and he's first class. So yeah, you're right. You can give a cook when you have has to, but that's what all coaches do, and they keep you in line. But uh, now a really terrific guy, and it's great that he's doing really well. Just in terms of not knowing much about the club, did you get to know much about the history? I think you ended up working for the Port Adelaide Magpies at an administrative capacity later on after retirement. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but ultimately yep. uh, you played at Port Adelaide as well. And Mark Williams, obviously the Williams name, uh, just transcended the club. So was there a lot that you learned about the history and even just uh, being around Alberton, which is such a special place in South Australian football? Oh, it's fantastic footy club. And yeah, I... I knew a little bit about it before I went over. It was just more along the lines of, you know, when you see the highlights on the SNFL highlights every now and then, grand final day, like that might be broadcasting to Melbourne. But uh, when you come in, they have a really good um, program, an induction program where, you know, they have the um, the past players come and talk to you and they talk about the traditions and they give you tools of the club. And oh, I'm sure that every club does it with the traditions and history that they do have. But, um, yeah, straight away you know how important the club is and, uh, yeah, I remember playing it. We actually played a practice match when I was at Melbourne at Albert and Oval, so I got a bit of a taste for it there too. So uh, on, the, on the different side of the fence, though, they're, they're more welcoming when you've got the Port jumper on than when you've got the opposition team's jumper on, that's for sure. Speaking with former Port Adelaide Premiership player Matthew Bishop, who played in that 2004 flag, it was an interesting time for the power, wasn't it? Because they made the finals in 99, and then they had a bit of a dip in 2000, which was your first season at the club. And then in 2001, there was almost this meteoric rise. I don't think you played in the first half of that season in 01 from memory. I think round 13 was your first game of that season, but you were a permanent fixture almost in the second half of the season. Tell us a little bit about that meteoric rise that the power had all of a sudden within the space of a year. Was there a reason behind it from your observations? Oh, I think the players, I mean, because we were still a new club and there was quite a lot of young guys that were coming into the system there at Port Adelaide too. So they were sort of finding their feet all together. So a lot, I mean, we did have some senior guys like Paxman and Mead and those sort of guys that were able to be great for the younger guys from a leadership capacity, but they sort of all grew together. So they got a bit of a taste in 99 playing against North Melbourne there. Yep. And then um, the, the, just the maturity of the group. And you get that little bit of fitness every year. You get a bit more stronger. Um, and the guys sort of started gelling. Um, we had a really great coaching group too when I was at Port Adelaide. We had um, guys like, well, obviously Choco was there. Um, Phil Walsh was one of the assistant coaches. Yes. Dean Bailey as well. Um, Alistair Clarkson. So we had an array of terrific coaches. So, uh, no, and we, they all brought us together and... Uh, no, we just eventuated from there in 01. Uh, we got a bit of a taste of the finals. We played a couple of finals there. And then 02 and 03, we finished top of the ladder. Um, bit of a hiccup there in the first final, which was disappointing. But uh, yeah, it all culminated together in 04 and uh, worked out well in the end. I, I'll tell you, if we didn't win that one in 04, there would have been a lot of, a lot of scarred blokes walking around these days. But um, it was fantastic when we won it, that's for sure. Absolutely. We'll certainly get to that in this chat. Just in regards to those two assistants you mentioned, uh, Phil Walsh and also Dean Bailey, who have passed away since, obviously, in, in tragic circumstances, respectively. Tell us a little bit about them as people. What were they like? Because that was probably amongst their formative years of coaching from memory. So what were they like to deal with as assistants? Oh, terrific. Uh, really good guys. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Bales, I had a lot to do with Bales. He was the backline coach during that period at Port Adelaide. And, yep. no, he was terrific. A really fantastic 
guy. He had a really good eye for detail, and he just pick up things when you're reviewing your tape that you just don't even think of. And so, and all those guys, um, Walshy as well. Walshy was very thorough with his did more the midfield role, and um, he was very thorough with his guys too. So uh, we were really blessed to have a great coaching group. And uh, no, you know, there's no surprise that those guys went on to um, coach senior footy because um, they're all excellent coaches. Now, this is a bit of a timely question because we're coming up towards the 20th anniversary of the September 11 attacks. Now, you were part of that final series with Port Adelaide, that final series team coming off the loss to Brisbane. And the September 11 attacks occurred during that week in the lead up to the semi-final against Hawthorne. I've always wondered, yeah, right. um, does it? this was the same, I'm sure, for all four teams. Did it have an impact that particular week? Did it feel like the world had, world had changed and was it hard to focus on football when it seemed like such a minute thing in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, I remember, I can vaguely recollect when it happened. I reckon I was, there was a show, like, remember that Sports Tonight show that used to be on on Channel yes. 10? And yep. I remember watching that, and then all of a sudden it just flicked over to this shot of the World Trade Center, and I was thinking, what's going on here? And then, uh, you know, then all this happened. It was just like, it was, I couldn't get my eyes off the TV. It was just amazing. So, uh, yeah, and then we played Hawthorne that week. So I, I don't know if it, I can't recall. I don't think it affected me personally, and it's not something that we really spoke about or addressed, which a long time ago. But um, oh, it was tragic circumstances, and yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's amazing. It's twenty years, is it? So yeah, um, yeah it's really difficult circumstances. But I remember at the time it was just amazing, just watching the vision on TV and just thinking, oh, these poor people, and then what's going on and what's happening in the world. It was just incredible. Speaking with former Port Adelaide Premiership player Matthew Bishop, a lot has been made about the Powers finals exits in 2001, 2002 and 03, which you mentioned before, despite making the top four, I think, in each of those seasons. Some members of the press at the time said that the Power were choking under finals pressure, hence uh, the Mark Williams salute at the end of the 04 grand final. <laughs> was there an element of truth to that theory or was it all rubbish in your opinion? Oh, look, it's hard to tell what the rest of the guys were going through, but we were just very focused on going up into the final series. I mean, we had a bit of a hiccup there in that first one in 02 against Collingwood. They're the two ones that hurt the most, the 02 and the 03, with the Collingwood first final and the Sydney first mm-hmm. final when we got bundled out in those. Um, whether we choked or not, that's for other people's opinions, but um, we were just very focused on trying to win those games of footy, and unfortunately, um, in finals footy, it's... Um, you know, it can go either way. So, uh, no, like I said before, we are very fortunate that we did get over the line in 04 because it was um, yeah, disappointing, those 02 and 03s, when we did finish top of the ladder. Tell us about your role as a defender and I guess your philosophies and methodologies as a defender. I mean, how did you handle the pressure of the long ball coming into the opposition's forward line? Because for those who aren't key defenders or haven't been accustomed to that sort of role, it can be quite intimidating. What were your... I guess it's a bit of a trite question, but what were your philosophies in terms of the way you played the game as a defender? I think it really depends on the, the matchup that you're on. Um, so, you know, you, some weeks you might get the really um, the quick guy out of the square who's more of a lead-up player. So you'll play them differently than the guy that's more the long kick towards the goal square that you sort of got to muscle them. Um, and sometimes, like, my, my um, role was sometimes to play on that tall and small when they rotated off the bench. So um, sometimes you're playing on a smaller opponent. So that really did depend on who you were playing against. So the role of, you know, when they talk about, you know, your full back and your back pocket and your centre back, like we, we had a pretty good um, thing going with our guys that we were able to sort of mix and match like who we were playing on 
without having to get the guys from the, the runners coming out and telling us. Now, if the coach, the, if Bales didn't like the matchup, then he'd run out and um, get the runner to come out and tell us to change it. But um, he gave us that empowerment to be able to change the roles out there. And we had a mature group by the time we got to that final stage that we were able to trust each other and knew it changed really well. So, uh, no, it was a good side to be a part of. You mentioned before about it depended who you played on in terms of the way you approached your defensive role. Who was your toughest opponent, do you think, over the course of your career, if you could narrow it oh. down to one? <laughs> yeah, that's too difficult, don't we? But, um, yeah, it's um, oh, you, you, the thing is, you play, they're all good players, so you're playing on good ones every week. So you might line up on Matty Lloyd one week, and then you've got David Neitz, who's a great mm. player, another week, Barry Hall, uh, Richo, um, Favola, Rewalt, Pavlich, all those guys, they're just all terrific players. Even Treadray at training was tough to play on. So, um, yeah, they're, they're all great players, and you learn so much from them, too. I remember in my, um, remember my, I think it was about my third game, I played on Barry Stoneham, and um, yeah. it was when Barry Stoneham was coming towards the end of his career, and um, just learned so much that day, just how many tricks he had, and, you know, little things that he does to try and get away from his opponent. And, uh, yeah, so you pick up a lot when you play on all these different guys because they've all got different tricks that they do. And uh, that's why they're all champion players. Speaking with former Melbourne and Port Adelaide defender Matthew Bishop, you played alongside future coaches such as Damien Hardwick and, of course, Stewie Jew. Did they have the makings yeah. of a coach in that time during their period as players? Uh, it's funny. When they, when they first go into coaching, you you sort of have a bit of a chuckle to yourself because when you're sitting around the change rooms, everyone's just joking around and having a yeah. good time and enjoying each other's company. And then all of a sudden they get their serious heads on and they become coaches. But they were both very, um, had really good footy brains. So um, no surprises that they go down that path. And um, even guys like um, Adam Kingsley, who's um, doing really well as assistant at the moment, Brendan Lay, Brett Montgomery, um, the list goes on. You know, there's, there's plenty of guys, Josh Carr, um, who's involved in assistance coaching roles as well. So, uh, yeah, we had a lot of players that did go on to different roles in footy departments and, uh, you know, to be able to coach footy moving on. And that's the influence that those guys, like we spoke about before, with Choco and Walshie and Clarko and Bales and just their influence and their expertise that a lot of our guys were able to learn off. Yeah, certainly are fantastic figures. Let's talk about that 2004 period, the premiership year for Port Adelaide. And you were a key figure playing 24 games that season overall, including the grand final, obviously. Just take us back to that particular final series because I think the power beat Geelong pretty convincingly in the first week. And you come up against St Kilda, a very memorable preliminary final, as we know, one of the tightest of all time. And it was such a pressurised final and so intense. What do you recall of that last quarter in particular? We all remember the Gavin Wanganine goal, which proved to be the difference when he kicked it from <laughs> virtually the boundary line. What about the intense nature, particularly when the Saints made that final thrust forward? Yeah, I, I remember all those games really well. Um, and so long ago when you think about it. But uh, you know, the Geelong game, obviously there was a lot of pressure on us with the Geelong game, that first final. We bundled out both times in the first final uh, in 02 and 03 in that qualifying final and had to go on to the semi. So we it was a real focus. And uh, now the boys played really, really well. We started really well and just played well the whole game. Um, so won that one. I think we won by about six or seven goals, so which that was really good. Um, and then we went on, had the week off and then we played St Kilda, which was um, that was a huge game. And I remember the first quarter where um, I think Fraser Gary, oh, we did Fraser Gary kick his 100th goal. And they, they were all over us in that first probably 10 minutes of the game. And, uh, you know, that sort of 
break in the game. We got to regroup and sort Broke of... Broke their just, momentum, didn't it? The uh, crowd yeah, invasion. Yeah, I think it did. Yeah, I think it did because it took quite a while to get everyone off the ground. So, um, yeah, so we were able to regroup and get things moving again. And, um, geez, what a great game that was. And when the siren went, oh, the crowd, it was just unbelievable. And uh, I remember talking to my old man afterwards and he... he just same with the crowd. Everyone's hugging each other and everyone's tearing up. And it was just amazing, that uh, just the whole atmosphere on the night. But, uh, yeah, the closeness in that last quarter uh, was a pressure cooker sort of game. But, um, yeah, it could have gone either way. But just fortunate for us that we got over the line. And, uh, you know, even that Shawnee Burgoyne smother at the end on Guerra yeah. And uh, yeah, those little moments in the game that made a huge difference. So, um, yeah, very fortunate that we got over the line. It was a great night. Tell us about the experience of Grand Final Week. Obviously, the players this year and last year probably don't have the same experience that you did because of the fact that we don't have the parade and there's just coronavirus restrictions, etc. But what was Grand Final Week like, particularly given it was probably a bit more unique because it was the first time we'd had an AFL Grand Final in 04 where there was no Victorian team. Uh, just tell us about the pressure and the build-up in that particular week. Yeah, it was a really interesting week. It's, um, I mean, obviously, the... A lot of supporters there at training, and there's a lot of lot of people ringing you and texting and you know asking you questions. So you, there was times when you just had to turn the phone off because uh, you wanted to sort of just just relax going into the game. But uh, yeah, I mean they they sat us down, started working, gave us, a, and there were some guys in the team that had been there, done that with, um, and obviously Damien Hardwick was very experienced in that space. So uh, you know he had a chat to the boys, and um, I think Gavin might have as well. Um, he played in the flag before. Um, so we sort of had a bit of a plan during the week. Um, training was... Well, actually, the training session on the Wednesday was a debacle. We just <laughs> we couldn't hit a target. And every, the ball was just flying around everywhere. Really? So we were thinking, oh, gee, we got this out of our system now. But uh, then we went over to the G and had a session over there. And that was a good session, a nice little light session. We did the parade. And uh, it was really exciting just um, coming back to Melbourne and just seeing that parade unfold and... Uh, in the morning of the game, and yeah, it was quite um, just a totally new experience. Just waking up grand final day, thinking, "Geez, I'm playing today." When you, you, know, you watch it as a kid your whole life, and you think, "Wow, this is my day." So, uh, yeah, it was a great moment. And then when we got over the line, um, oh, it was just terrific. Uh, I mean, the boys were just elated. Obviously, it's, um, it's been a big build-up over that three to four-year period of uh, having some success, but not getting the ultimate success, and uh, to actually do it. Um, yeah, it was so exciting. And then when we came back to Adelaide, Albert and Oval was just rocking on that Sunday when we got home. And, uh, yeah, it was just a brilliant time to be involved with the Port Adelaide Footy Club. Speaking with former Port Adelaide and Melbourne defender Matthew Bishop, just a few more before I let you go. I know I've probably taken up too much of your time, but just oh, no in relation much. to that 04 grand final, a couple of key moments that really spring to mind for me. Firstly, were you in that defensive area where Alistair Lynch had the punch on? I think it was with Daryl Waitland. Uh, do you remember that at all? Were you completely out of the area at that point? Oh, I, was, I wasn't I was close to him. I was up around the sort of 50 mark from memory, but I could hear the commotion in the crowd, and I thought, gee, what's going on here? And then um, <laughs> Daryl and Lynch were standing there, and I think Sean and Ackermanis might have been standing sure. there as well, right near him. So, um, yeah, but, uh, yeah, interesting moment of the game, but uh, uh, boys held on, so it was good. And just a couple of individual moments for you I want to touch on. I think you provided the running carry out of defence, which led to the first goal of the game for Port Adelaide. And you did the same sort of thing. I reckon it was a crucial stage in the third quarter because, remember, I think Brisbane might have been in front at half time. 
and they sort of yeah. held their noses in front for the first half of the third quarter, and then the game broke open when Wanganeen and, and Pickett, etc., really turned it on. But there was a crucial moment where Brisbane, I'm pretty sure, made an inside 50 entry, and then you ran along the boundary line. I think it was at the Ponsford stand end in front of where there was a gaping hole because, remember, half of the grandstands were knocked down because they were redeveloping the MCG, and you kept the ball in play. And I think it led to a goal. Do you remember those couple of moments in particular and think, gee, you pinch yourself? <laughs> um, oh, I remember at the start of the, uh, the the week before against St Kilda, Choco had um, ripped into our back line a little bit, just saying we we're playing too boring, um, not really taking <laughs> the game on. So um, uh, he, he ripped us a bit there. So um, we had it in the back of our mind as a back line group that we really had to take the game on. Um, we knew that um, Brisbane were a formidable side wing and those three flags before that. And uh, But our, what we not tried to do is just every opportunity, just take the game on. So those moments where you saw Choppy and that just running down the ground, I think Peter did it a few times as well, and there were some others. Um, that was just all in the back of our minds. Let's just take the game on um, and try and outrun them. So um, fortunately it worked, but geez, uh, what a side they were. Oh, yeah, unbelievable, that Brisbane side. How did you celebrate? Do you have your family in the rooms afterwards? And you mentioned before about the reception at Alberton. Uh, what did you do in Melbourne that particular night before you went back to Adelaide? Uh, what was the celebration like? Yeah, it was terrific after the game. I had um, mum and dad and my sister and my now wife there and her mum was there and there was just the whole rooms were just packed. And uh, uh, it was a, a terrific moment just to see all the families and just to share it with them. I got a nice photo with the family, with the cup and... Uh, yeah, so we we did that after the game, and then we had a I think it was a function at the I think it was the convention center, um, where we just had a, a dinner that night with all the not the supporters, just all the families and everyone involved with the club, and that was great. And then um, the next day we went to well we got on the plane and went back to Adelaide and uh, went back to Albert Oval, and that place was going crazy. So uh, <laughs> yeah, it was brilliant. Like the, the fans over in Port Adelaide, they're the best supporters. And you, you would have seen it on the TV there. And, um, you know, you, Adelaide Oval, they just are brilliant. Like, you know, you, I think last week there was only 20,000 there. And it feels like there's about 50,000 there. But, uh, no, they're great supporters, the Port Adelaide fans. And uh, we're very lucky to have them. Yeah, real salt of the earth supporters. And, you know, what the scary thing is, Matty, in a few years' time, it'll be the 20-year anniversary. You'll have to have your 20th year reunion. Can you believe it's been that long already? Oh, it's amazing. Yeah, just when... Uh, yeah, when you reflect on it, you, I can't believe it's 17 years ago. I mean, <laughs> just, just a long time. Yeah, absolutely. You retired at the end of 06. What was behind that decision? Was it the case of, was it a delisting? Was it an injury? Or did you decide to, to move away from the game? Just to give us an insight as to your departure. Yeah, I had a few injuries in 06. And um, no, I wanted to keep going. Um, right. But uh, I think everyone gets that tap on the shoulder and sort of, mm. You know, how you want to word it, delisted, retired, whatever. But, um, yeah, I was 31. I'd had a few injuries that year. We didn't have a very good year, two in 06. So um, I was starting to think about blood and a few of the young guys. So, uh, yeah, it was just my time to lose. But um, oh, I loved my experience there at Port Adelaide. It's a fantastic club. And, uh, yeah, I can't wait for this weekend. It's going to be huge. Speaking with former Melbourne and Port Adelaide defender Matthew Bishop, just uh, two last questions. Just in regards to the transition outside of football, I know you still remained within the football system in an administrative capacity and you've worked in local footy as well here in Melbourne where, where I'm situated. Uh, in terms of the transition out of the regimented AFL lifestyle, a lot of players today have, have spoken up in terms of speaking about that struggle to, to come out of the AFL system and into, I guess, 
in inverted commas, the real world. Was that a struggle for you in terms of a transition? Yeah, yeah, I think it's a struggle for a lot of guys. It's, um, I mean, it's such a good job playing AFL footy. I mean, it's tough and it's, there's a lot of pressure involved and, you know, you've got to train hard. But, you know, what job pays you to sit in a change room with your mates joking around during yeah. the day, go out and train for a couple of hours and go to the gym for a couple of hours or whatever you got to do, massage, etc. cetera, if you go. And then it's just a group of 40 guys just hanging out, really playing footy. And it's, um, you just can't match that anywhere. So um, it's no surprise that a lot of guys do struggle when they come out of footy. Um, but um, that was my experience. You sort of just, you, and you lose that structure as well. You know, you, you're keeping fit, you're looking after yourself, and um, all of a sudden all that just stops, and it's up <laughs> to yourself to make sure you're doing the right thing. And, uh, you know, that junk food starts to look pretty good because you don't have to do skin fold tests anymore. So um, <laughs> it's a bit of a transition there. But uh, no, oh, there's no surprise that there's guys that do battle. But um, I'm fortunate now that. Uh, no, I found it a career that I'm really interested in and I work in real estate now and, uh, yeah, really enjoying it. Yeah, fantastic. And that was my last question. What are you up to these days? Tell us a bit about your family and uh, who's going to win the flag, do you think, this year? Yeah. Um, oh, so I'm working at um, the Professionals Real Estate in Murrabark. That's where I grew up. i um, been doing that for about four or five years now. So, uh, yeah, really enjoying that. I mean, it's a bit of a bummer at the moment with this lockdown. We're not doing much in real estate at the moment, just with... Um, can't not do, being able to do private inspections, which yeah. is unfortunate. But uh, uh, hopefully that gets resolved really soon, and we can get back out there. But uh, yeah, I really enjoy that real estate, real estate side of things. Um, our family, wife, and three kids: uh, 15, 13, and eight. So uh, they're in their homeschooling at the moment. So I'm helping out a bit with that. So uh, <laughs> uh, having flashbacks to algebra classes and those sort of things. So uh, no, nah, it's good times. But um, yeah, I'll, I'll be glad when this lockdown's over. That's for sure. Yeah, I think we uh, can all attest to that. And who do you think will win the grand final this year? Is there a sentimental attached to, attachment to Melbourne at all, given it's been, you know, such a long time since 1964, or is your heart with Port Adelaide? Oh, I'm a Port man. Um, yeah, I spent a lot of time there. And had, um, I mean, but in saying that, I'm forever grateful with the Melbourne Footy Club for giving them a start. So, uh, uh, put it this way, if Port don't get up this week, I'll, I'll barrack for Melbourne in the grand final if they um, play. But, uh, no, nah, definitely barracking for Port and hopefully they can get over the line. It's um, Now, we're about due. I, mean, I know you're saying Melbourne's due, but, uh, yeah, both clubs are pretty due, I think. But, uh, no, nah, it should be really exciting preliminary final weekend. Um, can't wait to watch both games. Fantastic. Thanks very much, Matty, for revisiting and reminiscing about your finals experiences over the journey. And uh, I guess we wait in bated breath. Hopefully you can celebrate the 20th anniversary reunion in a few years out of lockdown and actually amongst your mates. So thanks again for your time. (laughs) Yeah, that'd be nice. Great to catch up. Injured at work in a motor vehicle accident or had a fall in a public space? Speak to Your Claim Lawyers, a no-win, no-fee, personal injury claims law firm that specialises in maximising compensation claims for injured people. Call 1-800-YOUR-CLAIM or yourclaimlawyers.com.au. Thanks for the chat. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.